In 2015, when Trenton local John Matzrant walked into the tiny conference center at St. Paul Retreat Center in Detroit, he had a little bit of cold feet. When I first walked in there, um, I noticed all a bunch of real bearded Santas. Um, I was clean shaven other than a mustache. Um, and I was kind of, it, it made me wonder if I was in the right place, you know, or if I was out of place or anything. But the, the guys that were there were amazing, you know, and they, it didn't matter if you had a beard, if you were a, a artificial bearded Santa, real bearded Santa or what, we were all there for the same purpose to learn what we can so we can do our best. Because let's face it, these kids are smart. They'll question you. They know the answer before they ask your question. I don't know about you, but any room with a couple dozen Santas is a room I want to be in. <laughs> Welcome to Detroit Stories, a podcast on a mission to boldly share the stories of the people and communities in Southeast Michigan. These are the stories that fascinate and inspire us. Before this retreat, John had never thought about sharpening his Santa skills. Being Santa was kind of second nature. His wife was a Mrs. Claus, his daughter was an elf. It was a family affair. They impersonated the bunch at parades, charitable events, their parish, St. Cyprian. At this point, he already had 25 years of experience under his belt. How much more could he learn? One day we were at St. Cyprian and um, they, they had a, a seniors meeting. And somebody in that group asked if if Santa would mind coming to their meeting. And I said, well, sure. So and it was at the church, in the offices at the church. And our priest happened to be there in the office. So we, we kind of went and visited with him for a little bit. And he's the first one that actually told me about the St. Nicholas Institute. He says, if you'd like to go, we'll pay for it. And I said, well, you know church doesn't have a lot of money to go paying for stuff like that. I said, let me see what I can do. So I actually went to the firefighters charities in Trenton and they actually paid for the, um, for the cost of the school for the, the first year that I went. This symposium is no joke. It turns the lightness of ho, ho, ho into a rigorous study. It's like Hogwarts for Santa's. There is passionate instruction on the history of the real St. Nicholas. Ron Woolock, a former makeup artist for the show Vampire Diaries, teaches the course on professional Santa makeup techniques and natural beard care. It's called Chris and Makeup. This is um, one of my Santa Claus beards. It's made with, with yak hair because the, the yak hair... There's a course that teaches basic American Sign Language Christmas greetings a session on stage presence and vocal color from Katrina Ganey, an actress from The Sopranos. You have to have some hope every day or you wouldn't get out of bed. Musical interludes from Reverend Rennie Kaufman, a former private performer for Oprah Winfrey. But most notably, and probably the thing that keeps John and many others coming back year after year, is the ample opportunity for prayer and reflection throughout the schedule. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. The retreat is great because we start out every every session or every morning. We get up in the morning. First thing we do is is go to the chapel and pray. Uh, the last thing we do at night is go to the chapel and pray. So 
you know, we're we're asking the good Lord and the, the Holy Spirit to come down on us and, and help us, help us learn, help us get better at, at what we do. After going to this, it's probably a, a need that I need to do uh, every every year now. The education part of it sometimes is the same thing year after year, but the spiritual part of it, it, it brings you back to where you need to be and remember that if it wasn't for the, the, the good Lord, we wouldn't be doing what we do, you know. That part of it is, is something that kind of brings us back to reality. Now, it continues to be debated who is the biggest fan of Christmas. Elf? Perhaps the Who's in Whoville? Probably the Holy Family. But we'd like to put one more name into the running. The man who founded the St. Nicholas Institute, Father Joseph Marquis. Today, Father Marquis is the pastor at Sacred Heart Byzantine Catholic Church in Livonia. But if you grew up in Metro Detroit in the last 50 years, you may know him by a different name. Santa Claus. And I want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas! Father Marquis has been a professional Santa Claus for 49 Christmases. He was the official Santa Claus of the Hudson's Thanksgiving Day Parade from 1977 to 1989. He portrayed Santa when the Four Tops played with the Detroit Symphony Orchestra. And he was Santa in any number of malls, department stores, private clubs, television appearances, holiday concerts, hospitals, and nursing homes throughout Metro Detroit. He was even in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. In 2012, he was inducted into the International Santa Claus Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's a thing. He got so good at being Santa, he decided to start educating others. So while Father Marquis became the pastor at Sacred Heart, he took it upon himself to pastor an additional flock, those he calls the men and women in red. He founded the St. Nicholas Institute, as it explains on the website, to empower candidates with the tools needed to convincingly portray both St. Nicholas and the elf in Santa Claus. Many people know St. Nicholas or Santa Claus, but they, on the same token, they really don't. Who is this person? Where did he come from? He's a product of uh, a myth. I mean, where does he come from? We know he's St. Nick. What in the world does that mean? So uh, I thought that I would prayerfully consider um, the possibility of having a, an annual retreat and a symposium for uh, men and women who are involved in bringing St. Nicholas or Santa Claus to life. And obviously because it's faith-based, uh, we would uh, uh, focus in on Christ. So if a person was totally secular, they probably wouldn't get any, anything out of it uh, personally. Uh, but it's basically to get behind the, the popular myth to the real person who is uh, known and loved uh, globally as Santa Claus. We delve into the spiritual dimensions, the Christ-centered aspect of St. Nicholas. It's uh, dedicated to promoting ideals and encouraging uh, the example of St. Nicholas and the modern interpretation of St. Nicholas as Santa Claus. The Christian aspect of St. Nicholas is incredibly important to Father Marquis. There's a seriousness with which he talks about his ministry because after decades of impersonating Santa, He's realized the weight of representing a loving hero for some of our most vulnerable humans, children. He's grappled with the complex question of suffering with some of the littlest minds 
and he's borne the weight of reality that for every kid who comes to sit on his lap, life won't get better at Christmas. Their deepest dreams can't be put in a stocking, and Santa can't offer complete peace for them. But St. Nicholas points to the real man who can, and it's this that he hopes to impart on his retreat attendees through their core values. So St. Nicholas really points to the baby born in Bethlehem. So we have the first core value as Nicholas as our model. Secondly, openness to the Christmas spirit. And since the Christmas spirit and the Holy Spirit are one and the same, uh, we're continually uh, praying that we may be open to the same source of uh, the spirit of St. Nicholas. And the next one is exercising compassion because as spiritual successes of the legacy that St. Nicholas gave us, we're seeking to show special concern for the poor, uh, for the marginalized, uh, for the forgotten, and uh, of course the most uh, vulnerable in society, which they include children. So whether we're dressed in the guise of a benevolent bishop from Myra or clad as an elf, we wish to treat every child and the young of heart with the same integrity, sensitivity, and unconditional love that characterizes jolly old St. Nicholas. So when you take Nicholas as their model, openness to the Christmas spirit, exercising compassion, and love for children spells N-O-E-L. Many of them, it's the first time they ever even gave any thought to honoring a saint or imitating a saint. But I found that we've won a lot of people over during a period of time uh, simply because uh, we just present St. Nicholas as an admirable follower of Christ who did suffer for his faith, who was uh, thrown into prison, and uh, that when they're portraying St. Nicholas, they're entrusted with a very important uh, a legacy uh, to embody uh, the qualities of, of this wonderful uh, figure uh, from history. He's not uh, just something that someone made up, but he's a, a true hero, and uh, it's a hero that never tar tarnished. There are many heroes I grew up with, and you find out about their real life, and uh, a lot of clay feet there. But uh, Nicholas is the one that defended the divinity of Christ. This is one of the foundational aspects of the retreat, a near encyclopedic history of the true life of St. Nicholas, instructed by Father Marquis. Uh, he was born in uh, 270 AD to a wealthy Christian couple. Both of his parents were well off because his father sold uh, cloth. He was a merchant that dealt with textiles. And because of that, uh, he had a skill, he had a certain amount of freedom. He was serving the needs of the well-off and the aristocracy in his place. Uh, Pataro was where he was born in actually present-day Turkey in those days called Asia Minor. One of the few stories about St. Nicholas that has circulated a little bit is probably also the most emblematic of the man he was. The story goes that a widow lost his wife and parents to an epidemic and became totally destitute. He had three grown daughters who he was barely able to feed, and he was growing desperate. He was even tempted to sell his daughters into slavery. St. Nicholas, uh, he learned about that, and he, so he gathered together three individual bags of gold coins and threw them on three consecutive uh, evenings to the window of their home. Now, the first two nights, the man had no idea where it was coming from, but it would provide dowries so they would actually be able to select a suitor and they could live without fear of poverty. Now, on the third night, St. Nicholas was caught. The man was waiting for him, and 
he caught him, he was stunned to recognize who he was. And so the widower begged, uh, or pardon me, St. Nicholas begged the widower, not, the widower not to tell anyone uh, how he got the money. But of course, he said something or else he wouldn't know about this incident. And that's the first of uh, St. Nicholas's midnight uh, visits. Secret gift giving in the night. Sound like any mythical figure you know? You know, the admonition that our Lord says, we do acts of charity, don't let one hand know what the other one is doing. So he would follow that as a dictate from our Lord in a self-effacing expression of, uh, of love. So that's how that tradition began. And that's right to this very day, under the cover of night, even the open, if you will, manifestation of jolly old St. Nicholas, he still arrives uh, under the cover of night and focuses on those who are most vulnerable. Of course, he's the patron saint of children. He can't get more vulnerable than that. Father Marquis' devotion could seem obsessive unless you know its roots. It comes from a Christmas in 1953 when Father Marquis was six years old, looking for hope to drop through their window on another cold winter night. Uh, the uh, Labor Day weekend before that Christmas, my father was in the sanitarium with tuberculosis and a TB ward when people used to die from that dread disease. And we got some saints, of course, uh, I think in Therese of Lisieux in particular, who died of tuberculosis. And uh, we didn't have anything. Father Marquis' great aunt came to watch him and his brother. She had the boys pray for their family, specifically invoking the intercession of St. Nicholas. And we prayed to St. Nicholas uh, for my father to um, come home because uh, it, was a, it was almost a death sentence. My mother had a problem pregnancy. She almost died, and we, my brother and I prayed in front of our first, very first nativity scene uh, that our great aunt purchased from a five and dime, and we felt uh, the presence of God, and we knew somehow St. Nicholas was going to be there to help us. His great aunt told them about the saints and how their prayers helped the faithful. She explained the real story of St. Nicholas, that he's not an elf, but rather one of these saints. It would be several months before his father would recover. But as for his mom. And uh, the next day, my mother gave birth. She almost died, by the way. They had to push several units of blood through her. She gave birth to my um, young brother who was born on Christmas Day. So I've always felt close to St. Nicholas and my brother have. And I told St. Nicholas once I realized that he had helpers, that someday uh, I'd like to be a helper. And that's how I, I've been doing this now. Uh, well, it'll be... 2020 will be 50 years. He's one of my singular heroes. There are few that could match the degree of Father Marquis' devotion to St. Nicholas, but his retreat attendees have become fast fans. John Mazarin has gone every year since his first retreat five years ago. Well, it it it, um, it, it gives you a, a, a different aspect of what Santa is all about. It gives you a, a faith-based um, version because Santa wouldn't be around if it wasn't for St. Nicholas. You get to look inside yourself and, and say, um, really figure out why you're there. Uh, we're continually uh, praying to be open to the same Holy Spirit that uh, animated the life of St. Nicholas in our day through us. So basically, we're asking God to uh, give us a, a greater increase every day of the Holy Spirit. For John, the spiritual gifts of the retreat were put to use right away. One little girl, quite a few years ago, she she came in and I've, I've known her, I've seen her. 
birth a few years before that and she came in and um, she asked me um, I, what was the second time she saw me in a week and uh, I said uh, you know what, what you're back again what's up and her mom says well she's got something to to ask you what she wanted to tell me what it is and and I said well what what is it she said well and she's being raised by a single mom so she said I want a dad and at that point this is the great thing of schools because you you hear what other people do in certain situations and everything else. And up until then, uh, I might not have said the answer that I said, but, you know, going to the St. Nicholas School and bringing prayer into it and everything else, I said, well, you know, I said, Santa can't do everything. And, but... You know how, you know how I have a, a nice book and a naughty book. I said I have a third book that not everybody knows about. And she said, "What's that?" I said, "Well, it's a prayer book." And I promise you, when I go home tonight, I will put you in my prayer book and I will pray for you that everything works out the best it can be. And you know, her mother kind of went. When the little girl asked that question, her knees kind of buckled and everything else. But with the answer that I gave her, she thanked me. <laughs> and uh, so I'm like, oh great, that was that was a great answer to, to come up, to come up with. This is why Father Marquis is trying to bring Saint Nicholas out of the trap of a secular hero into a real man who lived, because he sees nothing diminutive or childish about what those who personify him grapple with on a daily basis. His childlike joy, not childish. People are really good at being childish. You see this today. Childlike joy and embodying um, the, the right values. As I said previously, we have a real uh, dearth of heroes today. And this is one whose reputation is never tarnished. And it seems to me as the years go by, we realize this is a, a singular icon of Jesus Christ uh, who is life-giving. And he's a person when everyone else is filled with despair in the darkness, he comes in as a light in the darkness. In a year that's had a lot of darkness, we sure could use a little St. Nick. From all of us at Detroit Stories, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Detroit Stories is a production of Detroit Catholic in the Communications Department of the Archdiocese of Detroit. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. 